Well, today we continue our series, Life on Mission. And we are going to, of course, talk about Jesus and talk about his co-mission. But I do want to give some credit where credit is due. Josh spoke a tremendous message last week talking about life on mission in the workplace. Can we give it up for that message we heard last week? Share the love, Josh. A tremendous word. You, you know I already got with you, but man, I just, just was, was encouraged and equipped Lord, if that work acronym didn't challenge your heart, you need to check yourself for uh, your, your, your pulse. And, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's okay. You can listen after this message to last week's message. But it really unpacked our vision and hope for this series. There, there's a distinctive about us as Hillside. We believe you are called. You are chosen. You are set apart to do signs and wonders, and to share the good news of the gospel with others. And it's not limited um, or exclusive to the paid professionals, somebody. No, it is for every single one of us. In fact, as a church, some of our favorite verses are Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12, where it talks about the, the leadership, if you will, or the pastors, the fivefold ministry of the church, isn't here to just do the works. No, it's actually to equip the saints to do the works. And so last week, whew, it was good. It was a challenge, but hopefully you felt inspired and may, may I even say reminded that you have more than just the J-O-B. You have a mission field before you every day. And we're called to be that salt and that light. And so I love, we've just been hearing some great stories of some of you and what you're doing in your workplace. You're getting your church invite on somebody. Some of you aren't even waiting to get to the church invite. You're just praying for some people. You're just sharing encouraging words. You're just being normal, everyday followers of an extraordinary God. Amen. And so I thought last week was, was wonderful. Well, today we continue, uh, and we're going to look at uh, uh, an arena. Last week we looked at the workplace. This week we're going to look at the family. Hold back your excitement, somebody. <laughs> hold, hold, hold it back. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to spend some moments talking about family, all right? And uh, if you're single... You still have family. If you're a young adult, you still have family. You may want nothing to do with them, but you still got a family. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And um, I believe uh, it's going to be a timely, timely message and uh, hopefully an encouragement for you. But our goal, as I said, in this series is really to maybe um, break some mindsets, break some perspectives, maybe in in some of your background and, and even church background, maybe break down and share truth to maybe some lies that you believed. Not intentionally, you just kind of unintentionally believed them. And I think it's time that in the body of Christ, we really learn to value every person's role in the body of Christ. And it's not, listen, I understand I'm on a platform. I understand I have a microphone. But 
Don't believe a lie that says, I have greater influence simply because I hold those things. No, the truth is you have influence too. In fact, John Maxwell would say that the most shy person, all of us, by the time we go through childhood, teenage years, adulthood, and beyond the end of our days, we will have at the very least influenced over 14,000 people. It's remarkable. Now, that's in a lifetime, right? So some of us, we wish, you know, in a single moment, maybe, hey, can I have those five seconds and my 14,000 people just get this over with? But it doesn't work that way. But if you think about your words of encouragement, your words of hope, if you think about when, when, when your life in Christ bubbles out to the family, to the world around you, it immediately begins to have influence, and it begins to take off, and sometimes in some very unexpected ways. I love thinking about and, 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 and just dreaming a little bit about the power of influence. I love to think, you know, sometimes we, we put these, these pastors or these people on pedestals. Come on, you, you all know Billy Graham, tremendous ministry. I love, love hearing about the story, though, not of Billy Graham, but Billy Graham's Sunday school teacher. You know, that she, because of her faithfulness, because of her steady hand, the influence that she, shoot, if you will, that's me pouring a cup, by the way. So pour out her cup of life and of faith and the truth of God's word. And then it just gets moved into the life and the people around us. My encouragement this series in every, every Sunday will be, hey, don't discount the mission field God's placed you in. And... Family isn't easy. Family isn't always fun. But let me tell you, let me tell you, I got a few things to tell you right now after that amen, but I'm all, need I remind you, I hold the mic. No, I'm just kidding. All right. (laughs) But family is how God works. Family is how God works in our lives. And, um, He's a faithful, faithful God. And I want to spend a few moments. You know, family is an area that we really can take for granted. We really can take for granted. And I had this, this thought, this one-liner. I'm not going to uh, talk about it a lot. But it, it came to me as I was just thinking about this message this week. And, and family is a place where we can live casually. Just think about that. Family, we can take it so for granted that we can live casually when it comes to family. Whether that's as children, whether that's as adults, we can just assume life is going to move from A to B to C and so forth. We can kind of just get swept away with the rhythms of life and the busyness of life. But I had this little moment with this one liner. Let me share it. Living casual can create casualties. Think about that. Living casual can create casualties, especially when it comes to the area of family. Things begin to surface as we grow older in life. All of us, we had no control over the family we were born into. And depending on your environment, depending on the the health of the family, depending on 
the faith of the family or the lack thereof, our souls were formed, our life was deeply marked. That I believe if we had a pass the mic moment, we're not going to, but if we had a pass the mic moment, every single one of us could share a story of someone or even testify about ourselves in a season being casual and it led to a casualty. I've never counseled with somebody that has broken places and, and kind of a firestorm behind them. And they said, you know what? I woke up one day and was like, I want to wreak havoc in my entire family for a year straight. Right? Nobody, nobody's coming. You know, I need to confess. I woke up one day and had this great idea how to wreck a family. And I just went for it. Right? <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> And if you do, we got our prayer team up right after. You need prayer immediately. No, no, no. Nobody intentionally seeks out, man, how can I destroy some things up in here? You know? No, no, nobody does that. And yet, why does it happen? I think most often why it happens is because we take for granted perhaps the most important arena of our lives. I think we can just, if we're not careful, we can just get casual. And enough of us being casual, enough time of us being casual, we can create casualties in our life and in the life of those around us. So don't be that person, all right? I hope this message will inspire you not to be that person. So it is an area of life we've got to keep in mind. It just doesn't happen. It takes great intentionality. It takes great forethought. It takes planning. Come on, see you parents who dropped your kids off earlier. It takes persistence. Amen, somebody. It takes us being patient, persistent, consistent, and any other assistant you need to put in the blank. It takes it. It pulls out of you. I had this, this thought. Thankfully, I didn't use it as a map for my message, but um, I'll drop our girls off. Typically, my rhythm is, uh, you know, after we leave the house, I'll drop our girls off and go um, to, the, to the gym on a good day. Well, I was at the gym, and I was just, I wasn't really praying, but I was just thinking about, like, you know, this is me on the elliptical. I was just like, Lord, the amount of patience family life takes is incredible. It is remarkable. And that's just me being self-aware, like the amount of patience it must take my daughters to have me as their dad. I don't know, but it just, you know, you know, my wife, uh, you know, she, she, she would echo that too. And I say that though, to say it takes great patience. It takes great perseverance. And I love, I'll just um, bring up this verse, you know, the one place Jesus struggled to actually do the works of ministry. Guess which arena it was? Family. You're in good company. <laughs> it was in his family. I think about how family knows my flaws. How family, well, how family, not me, but you, how family has seen you cuss. You know, Fam family, some, family sees you with messed up hair, somebody, and bad breath. 
I mean, family sees us angry. Family sees us frustrated. You know, sometimes we can come in here and, and you know, to some level hold it all together. But, you know, family sees the broken places, the difficult places. It's just truth. It's just truth. Family is, it requires great, great levels of patience. And it requires, like I said, great levels of, of intentionality. I, I was thinking about Jesus in Matthew 13, the four verses, 54 through 58. It says he came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogues so that they were astonished. And they said, man, where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all here with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. You know, we talk about family. That may be a bit of the journey you're in. You're in a season of still, man. You, you, you got so excited. You ran home to tell your parents or your, you know, your, your closest family and friends. You just, man, look, Jesus has changed me. He's transformed my life. And they all like, We'll see. You're like, no, I mean it. Yeah, I mean it. It really, ha like, it's stuck this time. And they're like, yeah, 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 good for you. Golf clap. We'll see. And they can't resonate with it. Why? Because they know the journey of your past. I want to encourage you. Even for Jesus, he faced that difficulty. And perhaps, this isn't even in my notes, but just thinking about it, perhaps for us, the truest identity we have is to know we're in the family of God. And that Jesus, despite his family not loving him or applauding him or approving of him as much as he would like, he was still able to walk in his calling and purpose because he knew, I'm a son of the Father. May that be encouragement for us in our life as well. Well, I'm going to pivot and uh, we'll, we'll spend about 10 minutes and, and then we'll, we'll be through. But I want to talk about cultivating, cultivating, cultivating a family of prayer. And I want to specifically spend a few moments looking at the Lord's Prayer. When we approach the Gospels, especially when it comes to family, we anticipate or can expect Jesus to give us a 15-step program on how to have a successful family. The longer I get into ministry, the more and more years of serving and loving and stewarding people the best I can, I realize <laughs> a family that prays makes all the difference in the long run. That can be a loaded statement for you, even in this moment, right? If you're, if you're anything wired like me, you can quickly look at all the ways you don't measure up and haven't prayed. Dang it, he's bringing up prayer. My wife's been telling me to pray for 10 years, the last 10 years, and here he's saying it. Okay, so don't receive any undue pressure. I just simply want to 
encourage you and equip you to live as a family on mission. How I want to equip you with that is not 15 steps, but through prayer. Luke 11, 1, the disciples came to Jesus in what is for me, I will say, in my biased understanding, if you will, this is one of my favorite passages and speaks to me deeply. Luke 11, verse 1. The closest disciples have been following Jesus. And these disciples were formed from a young and early age in the scriptures and in prayer. But they noticed something remarkably different about Jesus, about his living, about the way he treated, the way he loved, the way he cared for others. And not only that, but the supernatural signs and wonders that were being experienced. And rightfully so, it dawned on them. He knows how to pray. And so Luke 11, 1, it says, one day, while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And that's a reference to John, who also had a following. John the Baptist had a following of his disciples. Some of them actually shifted into Jesus, being discipled by Jesus. So they come to him, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Let me push pause. I know, here's the deal. Family on mission. I know the temptation, and I've taught several, several messages in this way. Hey, let me give you five steps to a healthier family. Let me give you five cautions or five encouragements. Today, we're pivoting, and here's the direction. Let me teach you to pray. Let me teach you to pray. And that's going to reap more fruit in your family than you will ever anticipate. Let me teach you to pray. We're going to spend a few moments... Let me, if you're willing, let's learn from Jesus how to pray. How to learn not only what we're praying for, but something that over the last decade the Lord has taught me. Paul, you're really, you're really good at being at the prayers for, but I want to teach you how to be prayer formed. Having a prayer life that forms you that causes you to live a life surrendered. Now, this is going to seem a stretch for some of you, like the Lord's Prayer has shaped your family. Let me say this. The Lord's Prayer has shaped my family. It didn't happen in one prayer. It didn't happen in one day or one week. But day in, day out, several times a day, the Lord's Prayer aligns my spirit man where it needs to be where it needs to be going. And so I want to spend just a few moments talking about this Lord's Prayer. And here's the foundation. Here's the foundation, right? If Jesus is teaching prayer, yes or no, we should listen. Yes. yes. If Jesus is teaching prayer, we should at least listen. We should at least maybe bring it in to what we already have going in our prayer life. Amen, somebody? I mean, it's, it's important. Like, I, uh, Here's a little confession. I made it through my teenage, and most of my young adult years, and university, Bachelor of Science in Pastoral Ministries, without ever thinking about Luke chapter 11, verse 1. 
without ever thinking, oh, you mean Jesus teaches us how to pray? Well, that's a novel idea. That's pretty good. And over the last decade, the Lord has brought me, continue to bring me back to this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Luke 11, 1, disciples ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And most of you are probably familiar with the version we have out of the, book, the Gospel of Matthew, which says, what does it say? Say it if you'd like with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Some of you, I took you back 25 years, didn't I? <laughs> that prayer really began to shape my life, and in turn, has brought a great peace and a great direction to my family's life. Now I come from, Lord, you name a denomination or a movement, I've got it in my background, all right? I was, I was, I was formed in, in, I got some, some Baptist in there, a little bit of Anglican in there, I've got Charismatic in there, a little bit of Pentecostal in there. I mean, my prayer life, it was just you know, it took everything I had. I'm just going to fix my eyes on Jesus, right? Because I, I get something over here, something over there, something over there. And it's a beautiful, if you will, a beautiful vision of the movement of Christ globally. But in the last decade, the Lord has really, in a tremendous way, begun to form my spirit and my heart. And, and for whatever reason, he keeps drawing me back, keeps bringing me back. This isn't the first time I've shared on the Lord's Prayer in our church context. But seeing as we begin 21 days of prayer today and for this, the next 21 days, and seeing as week one, we've got a daily devotional for you on the Lord's Prayer. I thought it was such perfect timing of the Lord. We had already scheduled out for a while now to speak on this theme today, and it just coincided so perfectly. And I want to just speak to you, whether you're in a large family right now, or whether you are single, looking towards what the future holds. I want to tell you that if you can come up under, if you will, the leadership and this teaching that Jesus provides for us, I'm not saying in the next seven days everything will have changed. But what I will say is, your heart will have been formed by Christ. So often, many times, right, our prayer life is help, and that's good. Like our prayer life is just help, like help me, God. Now is a really good time, help, you know. But this prayer begins to transform us. I want you to just think about, in the context of your family, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. A family that worships God. Think on that. Every day as a couple. This is how Kelly and I end almost every evening. Really deep for you. Lord, thank you for your peace. Your peace in our lives. Your peace in our home. 
bless our loved ones. And then I go, I dive off in to the Lord's Prayer. And can I tell you, it just realigns my heart, realigns my vision, realigns. Man, if you spend enough time with these words of Jesus, they'll begin, if you will, picture water going through a desert. They'll begin just just to bring healing and help take your life, I believe, to a new level in relationship with God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here's what we're not doing. We're not just reciting words. We're positioning our heart. Depending on your personality type and your wiring, you don't need much control. Or you need a whole lot of control. And when things aren't in your control, you show signs of impatience or frustration. Can I tell you, listen to the power of these words, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, what's that doing? That's getting in to the presence of God. There are some things we can only solve by being in the presence of God. There are some needs we have that we have spiderwebbed every which way, how to fix our workplace, how to deal with our employees, how to start a new business, and we're bumping and bumping and bumping into the obstacles that can only be solved as we enter the presence of God. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Worship you, God. I love you, God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what else it does for me? It reminds me I'm a son. I'm a son. The weight in the kingdom of God of being a daughter and of being a son is far better than trying to actually be the father of somebody. There are some things that are only God's. (laughs) Most things are only God's. Only his to solve. And so what do I do? I'll just say that. This this is so meaningful for me. But our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Number two, hear this. You you control freaks. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have a family vision. Paul, what's, what's your family vision? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I have a little footnote. To the best of my ability, I'm going to try not to get in the way. I'm going to try not to get in the way of God's will in our lives and the life of our family. Can you see, maybe for you, what, what can begin to rise up against this? Come on, we live in a culture that tells you, you know best. You have the best opinion. You are always right. You do you. You do you. Just just do it. And here, here, even as Christians, sometimes we can live with that mindset. And here we have thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number three, this thought out of the Lord's Prayer, the stanza says what? Give us today our daily bread. That's the help section. That's the, you know, God, now, help, daily bread. That verse, I'll share a little bit more of it in the daily devotional. That verse, no exaggeration, almost saved my life. I had reached the season um, where I was so anxious, and I had so many missed expectations, and I was feeling the pressures of life, And especially uh, with one daughter and another daughter on the way. 
And I'll just be authentic with you. I was crumbling at the seams. I just, I just, um, I, I wasn't being mean. I don't think you'd have to ask my wife. But I just, <laughs> I was just really in a broken place. And I've, I've, I've not been there since. But I swear, when I looked at my future, I just fell apart. I, I just fell apart. I could not see anything good. I felt abandoned by God. I felt like I walked in obedience to him. And man, I'll tell you, I felt like he was letting me down. Um, and I just really, it, it was really a difficult season. And it culminated one particular week where um, the entire week, now some of you live this way, but this is not normal for me. I love my sleep. But this week, I got 15 hours cumulative in an entire week. Some of you are like, what's wrong with that? There's something wrong with that, okay? And, 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 and for me, uh, that, that, that was crazy because, come on, I love, I love getting a good six, seven, eight hours sleep. But I was getting about an hour and a half, two hours, just, just that. You, some of you know that. You just carry that ball of anxiety. That was new for me. I had never carried it. And uh, I carried it long enough. And it was just like a ball. I, I thought, well, surely, this will, surely some good old food could solve this. We'd go to comfort food places, trying to get real spiritual, right? We'd go to comfort food places, and, and man, just like a good old country fried steak, I'd have like two bites. Be like, can I get a box? Like, which if you've ever eaten with me, you know that there's a problem if there's a box coming. And um, it was just a real tough season. You know what the Lord did for me? You know what the Lord did for me? He didn't say, Paul, pray harder. He didn't say, Paul, put on some music and spend 90 minutes praying in the spirit and casting out devils and shaking the earth and screaming. He said, Paul, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he said, Paul, what's smack dab in the middle of the Lord's prayer? Daily bread, son. Daily bread. Culture is committed to getting us freaked out with tomorrow with next week, next month, 10 years down the line. I know that. I know that world. And if you're here today, I hope the Lord will speak to your heart. If you're here today and you have that anxious ball right in the pit, you can't eat, you've tried, you can't seem to get sleep, you're so worried, nervous, freaked out, let me come to you and just with the voice of the Holy Spirit through these words, give us today our daily bread. Let God meet you in today. He will take care of the rest. We're really, really transformed. And here's why we talk about this in the, in the family, life on mission in the family. Here's why that's so important. Parents, you may not know this. I've learned. Your kids love when you are at peace. Your kids flourish when you are at peace. Spouses, they love when you're at peace, at peace, and at peace. They love that. The enemy of our soul, he specializes in discord and disunity. He specializes in two people getting together with separate visions. And I'm all about having a bucket list, setting goals, having personal ambition and vision. I got it all. But the meta narrative, come on, the long story 
of our life and our family will be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I don't say that. that I do not say that arrogantly. I, I, if, if it can come across, can we say humbly and be holding a mic? I'm trying, okay. But I mean it humbly, as humbly as you can hear that. I don't say that arrogantly. I say that forged in the difficulties of life, forged in the promises of what culture says they will deliver and time and time again can never deliver. We come up under the lordship of Jesus Christ as king of kings and lord of lords. And here's something dramatic begins to happen. A peace that passes understanding begins to fall over the life of your family. You say, you sure got a lot of equity in the Lord's prayer. Let me confirm to you. I got a lot of equity in the Lord Jesus who gave us the prayer. There's no magic in these words. There's no, I'm, not, I'm not looking for you to memorize some words, get some magic on, you know, just, you know, let me just wing it. No, no, no. I'm talking about a posture of the heart that is formed through the discipline of prayer and given to us in these words. That's so how you could take, literally, take five minutes, take four minutes, just the beginning of the day, with that cup of coffee as you're about to leave. It's in the stillness. Begin to pray. Thank you, God. Everything I face today, you're more than enough. I feel the bait of tomorrow. I feel the bait of the the next six months, but I thank you, Lord. Come on. You know how I know you know this is true? You made it through 2020, y'all. Give yourself a pat on the back, man. Come on. You're like, you know what? I did. I did. He just boosted my confidence. You're welcome. You're welcome. But I mean that sincerely. God has not failed. He's not going to let us down. Number four, we'll move through quickly because this church, your life, I know you've got forgiveness now. But nonetheless, it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Can I tell you how convicting it is to know almost every night I am having to pray the Lord's Prayer with my wife? Come on. If we're angry or upset about anything, she knows he's going to have to repent. He's going to have to say he's sorry. Man, he's keeping it long. He's taking a while. I know. I've never slept on the couch. Glory be to God. Neither has Kelly. Okay, full disclosure. When we have the stomach bug, we honor one another, right? I'll sleep upstairs. Outside of that, I've never been kicked to the couch. That's a testament to my wife. Maybe not the Lord's Prayer, but nonetheless, (laughs) I feel the need to say but can I, <clears throat> I do mean this sincerely. It's one thing to know it intellectually. It's another thing to walk with it in your heart. Like I take seriously, like don't let the sun go down on your anger. That'll save your marriage right there. That'll save your family right there. We got to lead. We got to lead. I'm going to tell you, it's a rhythm for a way of life. Listen, some of you here, the reality is you are setting a new course for your family. What you were born into I know it's hard. I I, I don't think God wanted you to be born into that. But sin has a way of marking and causing difficulties and great pain. And you were forged in a family of great difficulty. There's cycles in your life. And you've finally taken ownership of your part in it. And you, you just surrendered it to the Lord. Took upon your new life in Christ. Here you are forging a new way of living. You're shaping the next generation because of your obedience. And that's an incredible, incredible way to live. 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm not, maybe not bringing news to you today. I'm just coming alongside to encourage you, to let you know, man, it is worth it. It is worth it to keep going, to keep showing up, to, to, to keep praying, even in the face of disappointment. Listen, can I tell you how many times I hear, I, I don't know how to pray? Yeah, you do. You got the Lord's Prayer. I don't know what to say. Yeah, you do. You have the Lord's Prayer. I, I, I'm not feeling it. I don't care. You have the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> but, but I still, man, there are things that were done to me. I will never forgive trespasses. I don't care. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Because somewhere in a month, in a couple months, in a year, in a couple years, you keep praying it. All of a sudden, you're going to wake up. You're going to realize, man, I haven't forgotten what they did, but I finally forgave them for what they did. You know, sometimes we feel we've got to approach prayer like with a full package, like we've got it all together. No. If you're broken, if you've got a past, if, you, if you're coming in, come on. You didn't know we were talking on family, so let's just be honest. You're screaming on the way in. Come on with the cars. You just, you just got it all figured out. You're like, we're not going to be late, honey. I know, just 10 more minutes, you know, and you, I know how it is. But can I tell you, you come in. And God meets you right where you are. You don't have to be the finished product. All of us, as the word in Romans would say, have fallen short in our need of the grace and the mercy and the glory of God. And so we, we, we end. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then we end with worship. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Again, I like to say there, it's all about God. It's all about God. I know I spent... Most of the time on that daily bread piece, but each one of these I've begun to, I've begun to find as, as almost marks in my life. Marks in my life, moments of realignment. Those of you who know me, I know I'm going to shock you right now, but I don't always forgive immediately. I know. Shocking. It's not always easy. Sometimes you do have to smile through the pain. Sometimes you do have to smile through the hurt, the disappointment, the discouragement. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's easy. But what I do know is I can push pause on how I'm feeling, and I can continue to remain steadfast in my faith. Continue to show up, continue to come here, hear stories of other people, grab coffee, you know, you know how it is. Leave, chat, hear different testimonies, different things God's doing. And it's like I said, moments of realignment. Every single one of those stanzas in the Lord's Prayer. We're going to close. And um, these are available today as you leave. 21 days of prayer. We're going to look at three prayers. This week, the Lord's Prayer. We're going to spend a moment on each stanza. I want to encourage you to take you not even five minutes, maybe two or three minutes in the morning. Just begin to equip you. My prayer is that you would be formed through the Lord's Prayer. It's funny we call it the Lord's Prayer. Jesus kind of, it should be the disciples' prayer. Jesus kind of gave it to them when they asked him, how do I pray? And um, I want to encourage you for the next seven days to pray it. I do. Like, that's it? Aren't there three points? No, that's it. That's it. Pray the Lord's Prayer. For the next week. And don't just recite the words. 
as you think about the words, consider the posture of your heart. Maybe someone or something will come to mind. Maybe God. You need to forgive God some things. Maybe you're a ball of anxiety and you need to just continue for the next seven days. Hey, God, give me, give me my daily bread. I'm not going to get ahead with tomorrow. Thank you for today. You'll see God slowly and patiently begin to do something remarkable in your life. And it will save your family. It will save the next generation. It will save your marriage. It will save the life around you. Not because there's some magic in the words. No, 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 no. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the presence of God. And there's power to surrendering our will, letting him rule and reign. Let's pray. God, thank you for today.